Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. Hey guys, it's Ruben on Dub's podcast, Connection Loop. I've got Joe on the line with me. Uh, he has a three-syllable last name. Let's see if I'm going to slaughter it. It's Apfelbaum. There it is, Apfelbaum. Joe Apfelbaum. We connected on LinkedIn, and Joe, I love your content, man. You're always on the go. You're always dropping knowledge. You know, you're a little bit of a prophet. You got some wisdom to share. Um, what's your bag? How'd you get into your space, and what is your purpose? So thank you so much for having me. Really excited to be here. Um, I remember when I just got started uh, just over 10 years ago in my current business called Ajax Union. We're a B2B digital marketing agency, and we help mid-market companies be able to create funnels. And for me, my purpose is to help hungry entrepreneurs go from frustration to motivation because I was that hungry entrepreneur that had literally no idea how to grow his business. I wanted to have a multi-million dollar business and I didn't have any resources. I didn't really go to a traditional school to learn how to be an entrepreneur or to learn how to grow a business or anything like that. So I kind of had to figure everything out on my own. I was a web developer, web designer, graphic designer, SEO guy, CMO, whatever, but I didn't really understand business. I understand the technical stuff right? Like how to build a website, how to like mess things around on the internet, reverse engineer Google, whatever. But I didn't really understand what it takes to hire people, what it takes to be able to get customers, what it takes to really be profitable, understanding cash flow, understanding finance, operations, systems and processes, all that stuff. I had no idea how to do any of that. And I, I meet a lot of entrepreneurs these days um, that are suffering from the same thing and they're frustrated. And often it's not even because they don't have the skill to be able to run their business properly yeah. because they're not really sure that this aligns with who they are as a human being. You know, Mark Twain said that the two most important days in a person's life is the day that he is born and the day that he finds out why. So right. interesting that people are kind of floundering around and getting burnt out and it's just interesting to see how much power you could put behind an entrepreneur once they have a real great sense of purpose. So what was Joe 1.0 like before you found your why and before you found your purpose? What were you struggling from? What were some of the challenges that you were dealing with? Um, so for me, it was just, I just wanted to become financially independent. That's where my goal was. So I didn't really care about my health. I didn't really care about my self-expression. I didn't really care about my energy levels, right? If you see me on LinkedIn these days, you see that I have explosive energy. If you see me on Instagram, on Facebook, on all these social sites, being able to express myself the way that I do authentically, not really caring so much about other people's opinions, I was super scared. I was super shy. I was super alone. They say that most people are lonely. I was very, very lonely. Now, thankfully, now that I found what I want to do with my life, I'm no longer lonely. I'm always busy supporting other people. I'm After I do this podcast, I'm going to get on another podcast. And I have a bunch of calls lined up. And I have a bunch of seminars and a bunch of things that I'm going to be doing to be able to support people. So I'm always busy making a difference. And if there's one thing that makes somebody happy and brings them joy, it's progress and making a difference for other people and learning and growing and that type of stuff. So that that's what really brings somebody peace, joy, fulfillment, all that. Everything else, making money is nice. We got to the Inc. 500, right? We got number 178 on the Inc. 500. It's one of the fastest growing companies. 
But at the end of the day, just because you have money, just because you're financially very successful and you have millions of dollars, it doesn't make you happy. At the end of the day, it doesn't bring you peace because the more money, the more problems you have, the more properties you have, the more taxes you need to pay, the more BS you need to deal with. So at the end of the day, it's just more resources. And in order for you to feel fulfilled, you don't need more resources. You just have to become a little more resourceful with what you already have going on. And it's really an inside game, being present, choosing, and really deciding that your life is a beautiful gift. Most people don't look at their life as a gift. They look at it as a burden. They're in survival mode. And if you're in survival mode, then you're not living your most powerful life. You're not living a free life. And for me, I want to have more power. I want to have more freedom. I want to be able to express myself. And that's ultimately what success for me is about, is being able to accomplish my goals, but at the same time feel fulfilled while still hungry. So that's an amazing progression and an amazing articulation. I mean, it sounds like it really comes down to a couple of things. It's finding your purpose, getting your progress, and then finding your peace. <laughs> and we're all on that journey. That's the reality of the matter here, that we're all on that journey. And the fact of the matter, I think, ultimately, is that most people do suffer from a scarcity-based mindset, a fear-based mindset, where they're limited in their abilities to put themselves out there, to be their best self, to take the risks that they want to take, and then ultimately to live the life that they want to take. And for some reason, you were able to break through that. What was your catalyst point? What made you say, you know what? Was it something with your health? Was it something with your career, family issues? Like, what was that? Was it a low point? Was it a high point? What did that look like for you? What was your wake-up call? My wake-up call was, um, it was a couple of different points in my career. But I would say one point was when Google hired me to become a certified Google trainer. And that was one of the times that I actually first noticed that I was extremely afraid of public speaking. I didn't know that I was afraid of it. Like, you don't know what you don't know. And so it was a complete blind spot for me that a lot of the times in my life where I declined speaking in front of groups, it was because I had a tremendous fear of judgment and I thought I wasn't enough. And I just like, I, I just didn't even go there. It's like somebody that's afraid of a bridge. I'm even going to even think about going on a bridge. And so the same thing, like when I got in front of a group of 80 business owners, I froze, you know, they say you have the fight, the flight and the freeze. I froze completely and I just couldn't do it. And I told my partner, I was like, I can't walk in there. I just, I'm frozen. My heart's pounding. I don't know what's going on. And he's like, no problem. We'll just cancel the event and we'll refund the 80 people and we'll give them back the $15,000 that we were going to make. And I was like, no, 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 you know what? I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I, what do you what do you think your concern was? Was it the the embarrassment, or I suspect it was the disappointment that the folks would have, and that the the pain that you would feel from having caused that? Right. You know, we're as human beings, we have two motivators, right? We have pain and we have pleasure. And when I see that one pain is greater than another pain, I'm not going to trade one pain for another pain. So ultimately, I said, you know what, I'm going to do this, even though it's pain, even though I'm not sure, even though it's it, there's a tremendous amount of uncertainty here, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to jump in head first. And I did it. And it was super scary. And it didn't go away. The fear didn't go away after two, after three, after 10, after 100 seminars. We've trained over 10,000 business owners. I remember one time, um, I would think I was like two or three years into it, and I got up in front of 500 people. And I gave a talk. And it was a short talk. It was only a 10-minute talk. And I prepared and I thought I was going to be funny and I thought it was going to be amazing. And I stood in front of the entire crowd and I made jokes and I felt like nobody was laughing. 
It was like a man. <laughs> that's like, that's know, a tough crowd. Business and, getting people to laugh at a business conference. That's a tough. That's a tough ask. And I always made people laugh. I was like the jokester, yeah. and I was like, I don't understand why nobody's laughing. And I just in that moment, I felt total failure. And I was like, even if I can get up in front of five hundred people after doing this for years, I'm just. I was so in my head. I was like, I'm, that's it. I'm never. So as soon as it finished, I ran out. I took the emergency exit. I ran to a Dwayne Reed, and I bought a pack of cigarettes. And I smoked the entire pack of cigarettes on the sidewalk of the village. I remember exactly where it was, where I was sitting on the stoop. And after I went to a bar, I had a drink. And I felt really sorry for myself. And then like a week later, I got the recording of the event from an attendee that was there. And I watched it. I was like, oh, my God, let me watch this terrible thing of everybody booing me and everybody just staring at me while I'm trying to make jokes. And the place was on wheels. The place was on laughing and they were like having the time of their life. And they even reached out back to me for me to do another event. And for me, I was so in my head with my self-consciousness. Mm. I was so in my head. So this like, was I, all based on your perception. In my perception. But the reality is I did amazing. I crushed it. I gave people lots of value. It was unbelievable. But at the end of the day, I couldn't see it. And because I couldn't see it, I was blind to it. It became this thing that no matter what somebody else shows me, um, I wouldn't be able to see it until I saw that video and I realized, wow, this is really a head game and I got to work on my mindset. So um, your, and your fear and your failure was something that you basically fabricated. You created that in your mind and that affected your entire perception. And that's what everybody does. So fear stands that's for false evidence, false evidence that appears real. Fear itself does not exist. It's darkness. Darkness doesn't exist. It's just the absence of light. Darkness is the absence of light. So once you light up light, once you show the truth and you see some light and you see the energy there, all of a sudden everything else dissipates. A tiny little bit of light can dissipate lots and lots and lots of darkness. And that light is, is your confidence. That light is my energy and my ability for me to show up and trust that I am enough, trust that I am perfect the way that I am, and just expressing myself. And if I prepare enough, I will sound in a way that people accept more. And if I don't prepare, I'm going to come out as rough, as vomiting instead of singing. So it all depends on what you want to do. I mean, if you want to have a great life, yeah, sure, you have to have a great mindset. But you also need the great skill set and you also need the perfect practice. Not practice makes perfect, but perfect practice makes perfect. So getting a coach, getting a mentor, going to the right seminars, reading the right books and then practicing, watching the right YouTube videos and then practicing over and over the right way, that's what allows me to be able to have this conversation with you in this way. I wasn't just born like this. Many years ago when I had these conversations with people, I, I just wouldn't know what to say and I wasn't interesting because I wasn't interested. I wasn't constantly reading. I wasn't constantly watching. I wasn't constantly growing. And now, thankfully, I have a completely different way of doing things. Now I'm constantly feeding myself. I get up at four in the morning and I'm meditating and reading and journaling and running. And like really my whole life is completely different because I set up my routines to be different. We are a product of our actions, not a product of our reactions, but our product of our actions. Our reactions are just habits to other people's actions. So what we need to do is instead of just constantly reacting, as Stephen Covey says, we need to be more proactive, become a little more aware, and decide what we want to create in our life. And if we can do that, if we can build the right habits, the right proactivity, we're going to start, we're going to start living the life that we always wanted to live. Everybody wants to be free. Everybody wants to be self-expressed. Everybody wants to be able to have confidence in themselves. Everybody wants to have power in their relationships and be able to take 100% responsibility, but we're afraid. Yeah, exactly.
And then say that acronym for fear again. I think that's important for people to know. So fear stands for false evidence that appears real. Fear <laughs> itself is not real. Fear is almost like if you have a fear of snakes, is there a snake biting you right now? No. Because if a snake was biting you, you wouldn't have a fear of a snake. You would just be crying. You wouldn't be afraid. It would be anger or be rage or it'd be something else. But right now you're just afraid. You're trembling inside because you're afraid of a snake. But the, the, the snake doesn't exist. It's in your head. The snake's in your head, baby. The snake's in your head. <laughs> I think what's interesting from your perspective is that you overcame your fears and then you decided to concurrently, in seeking financial independence, be an entrepreneur or pursue entrepreneurial endeavors, which I think is good. Now, that's not for everyone. A lot of us, you know, we work for companies. We work for big companies. We work for small companies. And, that, and that's our flow, and we enjoy that, and that's good too. Now, you are obviously on your path. Or what is the advice that you can give to folks that are working on a more entrepreneurial uh, nature or situation where they are suffering from fear? They're not able to kind of pursue their dreams, their ideas, their passions, their visions, because they're afraid of what's going to happen on a corporate basis. Well, the reality is everybody has fear, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're an intrapreneur, whatever label you want to put on yourself or other people put on you, you're still a human being. But most of us are so busy being human doings instead of being human beings, we forget how to be. The question is not what you want to have or even what you want to do. The question is, how do you want to be? And if you can start being more present with your beliefs, if you can start being more present with your purpose, with your strengths, figuring your own values out or deciding on what you want your values to be. If you can start having a little more awareness around your actions with and your interactions with other people and the way that you see things, then all of a sudden your whole life will change. It's not really about being an entrepreneur or being an entrepreneur. It's about being a human being and just realizing that your life is a wonderful, wonderful blessing and a wonderful gift. And if you have fear, it's basically stopping you from enjoying your gift called life. Life is not a dress rehearsal. It's not going to happen twice. It's not going to happen three times. This is it. This is what you got. So choosing your current job, choosing your current career, choosing your current life, your current spouse, your current situation, once you choose it and you decide to go all in and take 100% responsibility for what you have going on, then you have the ability to have courage. And courage is, is action in spite of fear. You see, most people, they have fear and they, they don't take action because they're missing courage because they don't understand courage. They think they need to be heroic. But a hero has fear. That's why they're a hero. If they didn't have fear, they wouldn't be a hero. They would be a machine. Machines don't have fear. So if you can just take action in your life, if you just take consistent action, even though you have fear, whether you're internal, external, whatever you are, your life's going to be much better. Nice. That's, that's eloquently stated. I got to tell you that. So how do you affect uh, and how do you provide value to folks right now? I mean, it seems like you have kind of a method, a process, you know, you're traveling, you're at conferences. What exactly is your mission and what do you provide to people? I understand that it's rooted in digital advertising. Google is changing like crazy. You know, one of the things that I want to drop at some point is that Google now has lead gen ads, which is kind of a game changer. I'm really excited about that. But give me your take on this. So for me, it's really about getting entrepreneurs from zero to five million in revenue. We started a new business called Evergreen. So our, our main business is called Ajax Union. We build funnels for mid-market companies. So marketing directors, they have a sales team and they need their funnel. We'll build their funnel. What software do you use for that? 
we're software agnostic, so we'll use ActiveCampaign, we'll use HubSpot, we'll use Pardot, we'll use whatever they have or whatever, or we'll recommend something. Maybe they have Marketo, maybe they have Acton. There's like hundreds of automation programs out there, Infusionsoft, whatever. It doesn't really matter what they're using. What matters is that they are committed to a certain strategy, and most people don't have a solid strategy, and because they don't have a solid strategy, they're not going to end up getting the results they're looking for from their target market. So that's what we do with Ajax Union, but what I'm really passionate about is this new company that I'm growing called Evergreen. Um, Evergreen has a Y in it, so it's E-V-Y-R Green, evergreen.com. Uh, so it's learn.evergreen.com. We're teaching people how to use LinkedIn. I reverse engineered LinkedIn over the past three years and created an incredible course that teaches you how to go from a lurker to an influencer in just 15 minutes a day. We have a sales course called the Sales Cure. We're now launching a new goal-setting course for entrepreneurs that want to learn how to achieve their goals. Um, and we're going to be teaching you exactly why people procrastinate and how to set goals that are aligned with your purpose, how to find out who you really are and figure out your values and figure out your strengths and all that stuff. So like, this is the stuff that I've, I've been doing for the past several years sometimes one-on-one, -on -one, sometimes in groups, but now I'm going to be doing it for the masses. So we're going to be serving over 1,000 people in the next year. We've serviced over 1,100 companies in the past decade, but now we're taking things to a whole new level and providing education to, you know, we've trained over 3,000 business owners this year alone through webinars, through online webinars, and I have the reach now that I can reach, you know, tens of thousands of people with a click of a button you know, between my mailing list, between my LinkedIn, between all the different things that I have going on. So now I'm really going to be able to make a massive impact this year and for the coming years. So that's really what I'm about. I want to help 1,000 hungry entrepreneurs go from frustration to motivation. So if you want to grow, if you want to take your business to a whole new level, check me out on LinkedIn. I actually have a domain that I purchased, joelinkedin.com. <laughs> so if you go to joe, J-O-E, linkedin.com, you'll be able to see my profile. And in my about, I have an extended summary and you can read the seven things um, that you want to know about Joe Applebaum. I have this really cool little summary there. I made it into a LinkedIn article. Um, and you can quickly find all the information, everything from my books to my courses, to my company, to my history, to why I do what I do, to my podcast, like everything's in there. Nice. And then give us the crash course. I mean, give us some tips and tricks on how we can better manage our LinkedIn profile. I've made the investment. I've gone in. I went in about a year ago and it's been a, it's been a process. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I know. So most people, they hop on LinkedIn and they're busy looking at their feed. They're lurking. There are 650 million lurkers on LinkedIn. And if you take a look and you'll see that there's a lot of people that are just logging in there and they're not really doing much. They're just looking around and they're waiting for something to happen. That's a great opportunity for people who want to get out of lurk mode and start influencing a little bit. So the average CEO has 930 connections, but they're not posting anything. So step number one is post something each day, something of value. So we recommend that people post once a day on LinkedIn. And if you post something on LinkedIn, you're going to have hundreds, if not thousands of people see your post because LinkedIn's organic reach is through the roof. That's number one. Number two is we tell people to engage on LinkedIn. That means give a like, give a comment. Most people are not liking and commenting. You have two benefits when you engage. Number one is you're giving the person who posted something some karma and you're building trust with them, but you're also building trust with your network because your likes and your comments end up going into your connections feeds as well. So you end up staying top of mind for every comment. So if you spend five minutes commenting and liking on LinkedIn, you're going to get massive, massive exposure uh, most people don't even do this, but if you do this correctly, you're going to get massive exposure. And then the third thing is they say if you build it, they will come. Not true.
you have to reach out to people. So most people do not know how to direct message. They're afraid of rejection. They're not going to do it. We teach you a three-step process of greeting, feeding, and meeting to be able to naturally connect with people and build real relationships and trust in a non-salesy way. And we created this simple course, three steps. First, we teach you how to create a strategy. Then we help you develop your assets. And then we teach you how to post, engage, and message in just 15 minutes a day. It's our LinkedIn's foundation course. So if you go to learn.evergreen.com, Evergreen is E-V-Y-R. Um, and you basically can take the course. We have free webinars that you can watch too. But you basically take the course, and in just 15 minutes a day, you become a LinkedIn Jedi. And because, you know, the, if the right strategy will save you a decade. So if you just spend some time doing the right things proactively, you're going to get 20 or 30 or 50 times more results than somebody that could spend eight hours a day doing the wrong thing. Well said. Um, one of the things that we've done is that this was actually kind of basically some relatively new news for Dub. Um, for those of you that do not know, Dub is a video communication platform. We allow you to quickly create, share, and track videos. We have a direct integration with LinkedIn, so you can send personalized one-to-one -one trackable videos right from messaging, commenting, recruiting, all that stuff. It works really well. But what's interesting is that we actually made our calls to action, one call to action on our completely free plan for Dub. So one of the things that I wanted to throw at you is to add potentially to your arsenal is to encourage folks to use Dub. Just grab a free account on Dub and send a personalized video. That's actually how I booked my time with you because I sent you my, my calendar booking page. So you saw a little video of me. It was a little pitch and then there was a little button below where you booked the time on oh. my calendar. And we want everyone to have that completely for free. So we use Dub for that and we use Calendly. Um, it's just another kind of opportunity, potentially a tool that you can add um, to the arsenal in that tool shed. Yeah. We have 30 technology tools that we recommend everyone use. Calendly is one of them. Uber Conference is another. Zoom's another. But it's if you send me, you know, obviously I'll take a look at Dub and I'll sign up for whatever you know you have going on over there. And of course, if I enjoy using it myself, because I'm very big into video. I do a video every single day. I go on Facebook Live every day, Instagram Live every day. So every single day I'm, do, I'm posting a video on LinkedIn. So I'm a very big fan of video. And so I highly recommend people use products like Dub. So I'm going to go check it out um, and hopefully be able to introduce it to my community of hundreds of people that are currently training with us. Appreciate that. What is your editing flow? Do you go live and there's a, it's a no edit situation or what does that world look like for you? A combination of all those things. So maybe I'll take this podcast and turn it into 10 different clips um, and then use those clips, repurpose them, put them into my asset library. Um, but oftentimes what I'll do is I'll just pull out my phone and do a video. If I have an idea, I want to talk one to three minutes about a topic. When I go live, I'm just going raw live. I don't need to edit anything. I'm just going live. But when I'm creating videos, often I'll create one long form video and have an editor cut it down, add captions and graphics and turn it into like lots of short clips. So I have hundreds of short clips that I can share at any given time on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter and so on. And they're different size clips, you know, for stories or 15 second clips for Instagram feed. They're one minute clips for YouTube. There may be two and a half, three minute clips. For LinkedIn, some clips are 10 minutes, um, but often keeping them under a minute helps people stay engaged, gives people micro content that they can consume quickly, get value, and then share and comment on it. Nice. And then here's a question for you. So do you feel like going live is about the reach? It's about the visibility? Is it about the fun okay. aspect of seeing someone live? What, what is that for you? So for me, going live is about building a relationship with people. I don't want to go viral. So for me, it's about having a thousand people see me a thousand times a year. 
And sometimes people want to see me live and interact with me in real time, and they end up building a relationship with me. So when I go live on Facebook and I have nine people looking at me, I'm having a conversation with nine real people in real time and building a relationship with those nine people. And the same thing with Instagram and the same thing with other platforms that allow you to go live. You can now build a real relationship with people. And also the platforms, sometimes what they do is they make live go into people's inboxes and feeds because they want to promote more users to go live and to engage with it. So uh, it's a different way to stay top of mind. I love that. That's amazing. I mean, right now, if you look at the, the statistics, only about 1% of the folks on LinkedIn right now are posting content. 99% of the people on LinkedIn are not posting any content. They're lurkers, to your point. And what an opportunity right now. It's like getting into a stock really early. You know, Can you imagine what LinkedIn is going to look like in 5, 10, 15 years where 10% of the user base is now posting content? It's going to be a lot more noise and it's going to be hard to, to, to punch through. And that's why we're committed to teaching entrepreneurs how to do this. And we created these courses that teaches you how to post, how to engage, how to message, how to optimize your profile, how to track your activity using dashboards, how to come up with your own stories, how to develop your target market, how to set your goals, how to come up with the right messaging. We basically have it all in this cute little package. And in just 15 minutes a day, you can literally go from a lurker to an influencer in no time. So here's a question. There's a setting on LinkedIn where you can actually force people to quote unquote follow you instead of connecting with you. So the primary button is follow instead of connect. What is, what is your take on that? Yeah, people use it after they get 30,000 connections, switch out to follow. Because what ends up happening is if you have very few connections, you're not going to be able to get too many people to see your stuff. So your goal should be to get up to 30,000 connections. And once you're at 30,000 connections, switch it to follow. Nice. That's That makes a lot of sense. Cool. Any other uh, kind of tips and tricks on LinkedIn uh, maintenance? Yeah, the only thing that I would tell people to do is to get recommendations on LinkedIn because you cannot have an all-star profile without at least three recommendations. My goal is to get a thousand recommendations on LinkedIn. So hopefully you'll leave me a recommendation, Ruben. You could only get recommendations from your connections currently. So I highly recommend you ask your connections for recommendations. If you're your clients or your vendors, maybe they interviewed you for a podcast or they're a friend of yours or you referred somebody to them and it worked out well. Why don't you ask them for a recommendation? I highly get, recommend getting at least one to two recommendations per month, but if you can. Um, but for me, my goal is to get a thousand recommendations on LinkedIn in the next couple of years. And what does that do for you? Is that something that people can view on your profile or does that af uh, affect your reach? Um, it affects my reach, but also people can view it on my profile and then I can repurpose those recommendations on my products and services. Amazing. Well, Joe, listen, I really appreciate your time. This was, this was quick, this was fast, this was good. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me here. I look forward to seeing you on LinkedIn. Thanks, Joe. Adios. Adios. Bye.